gonna start probably just like for real. Are you dumb? <laughs> you know who mans are? I'm not afraid of no Gelhart man and I'm not afraid of no Kiati. Settled the internet, John, for y'all. Thank you to everyone hearing this. Thank you for tuning in to Keeping It Low Key. I'm your host, Key K Tay K with a clay. If I'm at Starbucks, it has been a while. It has been over two months. Um, I apologize. First, I just want to say, you know, I didn't expect to stop for that long. Um, I was working on some stuff, and I was being lazy. I mean, it's just, it's just. Being up front, you know what I'm saying? I, I was I was slacking, but I'll get into that a little bit more. But again, thank you for coming back. Um, thank you for your patience. Let's just get into it. On today's episode of Keeping It Low Key, we are going to discuss, like I said, where I've been, what I've been up to, um, what I got coming. Um, uh, the NBA playoffs and the NFL offseason when we get into some sports. Um, for music, I want to talk about Jack Harlow and Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar. Um, and probably a few other things. And then also, you know, what I've been watching and, and whatnot. So, um, again, thank you for tuning in and fuck it. Let's get it popping. So, um, you know, it has been two months. Uh, well, I dropped my last podcast on February 26th. We can call that the end of season one of keeping it low key. Um, so the question is, you know, what have I been up to? What's been going on? Um, I'll be honest, earlier this year, and I'm still kind of working through it now, I've ran into this little rut of just like, maybe not a lack of motivation. I guess you could say, like my motivation to do things was just, it wasn't the highest. Um, like I was just working and coming home and fucking just chilling, like watch a movie, play video games. Like that was it. I was, there, were, there wasn't much I was doing outside of it. Um, and that definitely was a detriment to the podcast because, you know, most of the times I was recording it, it was after work. Um, and I also, I felt creatively, you know, after the NFL season ended and the NBA wasn't really ramping up that much. Um, I didn't sports wise, there wasn't a ton that I had, you know, I didn't want to just do consistent draft speculation podcasts Cause I feel like sometimes with those, like you said, speculation. So I'm just going to fucking just keep recording and guessing who the Ravens might pick. Um, and then eventually I'm wrong. And then I got to, you know, so I, I I think sometimes those can be a little redundant. So losing that connection with my creativity and losing the little the motivation I had, I think, in my mind, I was just going to take a few weeks off. And then you know how a few weeks goes when you're a procrastinator, which I am. A few weeks turned into two and a half, two, two months in a week. <laughs> So I apologize for that. To the people that were listening weekly, uh, it was truly just, you know, the motivation stuff, the create creativity stuff um, definitely contributed to it. Outside of that, you know, just a little bit of personal news. Um, I'm going to be relocating to Boston. You know, I decided um, to start looking into jobs right around the time I stopped recording the podcast um, and I was able to get a job. It took me. I got a job offer in late March um, that that I accepted and I'm really excited for. Um, And, you know, that job search process was that's kind of what kicked my motivation back into gear. I'll be honest, because it's like a little bit do or die since I'm moving Um, for my girlfriend. My girlfriend's been up in Boston for the last few months. For those of you, obviously, most of you listening to this know Shannon. And then for those of you that don't know Shannon, you've probably heard me mention it on the podcast before. Um, but so I'm moving up there, uh, at the end of May, but I had to, like I said, I had to kind of fucking kick it into gear and find a job, which, which worked out. And, um, I'm excited for it. It'll be a, 
a new opportunity for me. Obviously, leaving my old job was a little bittersweet and leaving this area is a little bittersweet. You know, between the work relationships you make, the personal relationships that you make, I have a ton of family here. Um, but I've never, you know, I've, I've been thinking about it. I've never lived more than 45 minutes away from home. Um, at home is Annapolis, Maryland. Um, so it'll be good for me, I think, to you know, expand my horizons <laughs> and uh, see, you know, see a new area, um, live somewhere else for a bit. You know, maybe one day I end up back here. Maybe I don't. But either way, I'll always kind of be coming back to this area. Like I said, because I just have the relationships here and I have my family here. So, um, you know, in Annapolis and Baltimore and D.C. will always be here for me. You know, I, it's fine for me to get out and kind of see new things and it'll be good for my relationship as well. Um, so I, I'm excited for it. I'm happy about it. Um, in terms of the podcast, we are going to be picking this thing up. And when I say we, I mean me, but you know, we as in the fans as well. I'm, I, I think of us as a team. Like I, I, I'm really focused in on, you know, not just providing, you know, a weekly podcast. I really want something that's, that's good to listen to. That's insightful. Um, that kind of raises, you know, questions. Like, I don't mind, like, I, I love the feedback is what I want to do this for, because it just makes the product better. So um, I, I'm I'm looking to put more time into um, the creative aspect of this and into the content that comes out of this. You know, I'm looking here, I'm sitting next to my desk. I have a webcam. I have a mic. I literally, I just need to get a new computer, um, which, you know, I'm I'm going through my options right now. I don't want to spend an incredible amount of money, but I just need to get a new computer so we can make a video aspect of this, which I think will be nice. You know, it might not be the full podcast as a video, but maybe just certain segments of it. Um, I think that'll be fun just to, you guys can kind of see how funny I look when I'm talking to myself um, and it'll feel like maybe we're talking together. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but that's just kind of what, you know, what I've been, what's been going on with me and um, what, led to the podcast taking a break but this episode today is the start of season two of keeping it low-key like I said I'm looking to bring you guys a more complete product this season um, a more um, insightful podcast this season and um, again I just thank you guys for the patience and I thank you guys for listening and for tuning in and like I said all feedback is welcome um, outside of that like we can actually get into the topic so <laughs> it's obvious that we want to talk about so starting off with sports, um, we've had a crazy NFL offseason. So I was just thinking about this. We've had, I wrote it down, about seven different like big name wide receiver moves, whether it was extensions or trades or just a lot of bullshit. But um, it's funny because it all starts with Christian Kirk. So like in my mind, Christian Kirk is the squirrel. I think it was a squirrel in the Ice Age movies, like, he finds, or he's trying to find that nut, and he actually found the nut, the fucking Jaguars pay him all that money, and it causes, like, catastrophe, as in, all these receivers now either want money or want to get traded, um, so, like, my note that I have down right here is my son will play receiver, even if he's, even if he's as thick as me, um, but it's interesting, because I just wonder, at some point, like with the price of the quarterback increasing so high, the price of the receiver increasing so high, like when does this cap out <laughs> or is there just so much money that it's just going to keep going and going? Like AJ Brown that just got traded to the Eagles who, you know, I love that move by the Eagles, get Jalen Hurts some help. It'll make Devontae Smith's uh, life a lot easier as well. Um, I think he got a hundred million dollars, um, probably around 20 million a year, I think, or something like that. Um, and it's just like, you know, he's a good player. He's a great player, I think, but he's been, he's had some injury problems. Um, he's a bigger guy. So I just wonder like if these deals, and I'm not saying the AJ Brown trade won't work out. Like I said, I actually really like the move, but if one of these deals doesn't work out, does it just decrease the amount that any up and coming receiver is going to make? Because just think we have Justin Jefferson, um, Jamar Chase, like there's a bunch of young, really good receivers that are coming up right now that are going to have to get paid within the next few years. So what are, what, what are their contracts about to look like? Like 30 million? Like Devontae Adams just got a crazy deal with the Raiders and Tyreek Hill got a crazy deal with the, with the Dolphins. And these are guys that are on their third contracts, I think now. 
So you're paying them probably four year deals to go through their 30s. So they like I said, they're getting probably over 20 to 25 million dollars. So what are we going to pay Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson? Um, I think. And then, like I said, tying it back into the whole quarterback thing. So now Derek Carr gets like 40 something million. Um, obviously, Dak makes 40 something uh Mahomes is going to make 40-something. There's a bunch of quarterbacks now all getting up towards that number. So I look around the league. All right, Joe Burrow is a young quarterback that's going to have to get paid. You know, Lamar still hasn't gotten paid. Um, Like, what are these numbers about to come in? (laughs) So, like, does the market ever cap itself off to the point where, you know, people... And I'm not saying... Like I'm saying, I'm not saying that these players should be getting paid any less than what they are. Um I'm just wondering how you're going to be able to value someone. Like, I I really think the Deshaun Watson thing also, like, throws a huge wrench into it. And I'm sounding like pro-owner. Like, no, these players should get as much money as they possibly can because they risk their bodies every every week. But as a fan of my team, as a fan of the Ravens, I wonder, all right, we just saw a division rival pay Deshaun Watson, who has, you know, like I said, I'm not claiming he's guilty. I'm not claiming he's innocent. But he has twenty two allegations on his record right now <laughs> that he's still that there aren't that aren't like closed out civilly, uh federally, um, or in the criminal charges, I believe they're all closed, but he still has to solve these civil cases, right? And he just got like over two hundred million dollars guaranteed. All of it guaranteed. So how do you as an owner of a team, as the owner of the Ravens, when Lamar Jackson comes to you with a clean record been a great quarterback for you and says, hey, I want, you know, maybe not even 200 million guaranteed. I want 100 million guaranteed or something like that. And, you know, you can't afford to necessarily sign on to that risk. You can sign him to a great deal, but you can't guarantee that much money. Um, but you have to to keep him. So <laughs> so it's like, you you know, it's, it's kind of fucking it's, it's difficult. It's a tough decision. So I just hope, you know, uh, I just hope the Ravens get that deal done with Lamar. Um, as soon as possible. Right now, they're saying, you know, the front office's, um, their constant statement has been that Lamar isn't, you know, really interested in discussing contract right now. I'm hoping that's not because Lamar's thinking, you know, maybe he wants to leave. Um, I really hope that's not it. We just traded away his best friend, um, even though his best friend wanted to be traded. Um, and I'll get into that when I get into more of the draft talk. But it's just an interesting movement in the NFL right now. And it, it makes sense because the NFL is making so much fucking money that these players deserve more money. But I'm interested because, you know, when you start to take more money from these people, from these owners and in the, in these uh, front office people, they become a little bit more stingy with it. So you're going to end up losing more players because um, you had to pay one guy a certain amount because um, there is a salary cap. So, you know, um, it sucks that Lamar hasn't signed yet. I'm hoping they get it done as soon as possible. But I am interested to see what happens. And speaking of the receivers thing, the Ravens, like I said, they traded away, I guess, arguably their best receiver in uh, Hollywood Brown. Um, He said he wanted a trade. Um, Apparently been asking for it through last season, which is kind of surprising because we gave him the ball a lot, especially when Lamar was healthy. He was getting the ball a lot. Um, It was just a scheme fit issue, I guess. And I can agree with him there because his best abilities will be his ability to push the ball down the field, um, to run those go routes, um, crossers. um, You know, so and our our scheme doesn't necessarily I don't know. We run four verts a lot like idiots, but I don't think our scheme best enables him to um, to flourish with his skill set. So I understand um, wanting to leave. I don't, you know, I didn't love the fact that he was just at the Cardinals draft party, like, as soon as he got traded. But um, it is what it is, I guess. Um, in terms of his replacement is is the thing for me now. So Rashad Bateman, who I think is going to be very good, um, his rookie numbers actually matched up pretty well with Hollywood Brown's rookie numbers. Um, and he missed more games than Hollywood did. I know Hollywood was banged up his rookie year, too. But Rashad Bateman, I think, missed the first six or seven games. Um, so uh, I think he has the potential to be a really good player. I'm more interested to see what our scheme is going to look like. Because we drafted fucking, like, seven tight ends. 
so it looks like we might be going more heavy personnel. Um, for people that don't know, that's essentially more of a run type or run base play formation more than passing. If you're going to be passing, you're not really going to be passing as much to your receivers because you're going to have more tight ends on the field. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the change is. And, and one, the big thing now is just, is Lamar happy? <laughs> um, I, I felt like he, he's happy to be a Raven, but I think he, it's reasonable for him to have questions on some of the play calling. Um, just watching it, you know, as a fan, uh, there are instances where I'm like, what the fuck are we doing um, with Greg Roman as our OC? Um, but now that we brought in some more tight ends, we're getting our offensive line healthy, which I think was the most important thing. Um, and we also built up the offensive line with some of our draft picks. Um, it'll be interesting. I just I just wonder what the approach is. Um, we're also getting our top two running backs back. I feel like people forgot that we, you know, we lost some pretty vital parts on our fucking offense last year. Um, so, it, it, like I said, I'm, I'm just interested to see what, what the plan is. But in terms of the draft, so we end up with two first-round picks because we traded back once we traded Hollywood Brown. Um, we took Kyle Hamilton at 14, um, which I love Kyle Hamilton as a player. I love him you know, as a Raven, I just, when you start to think of like team needs versus best player available, the Ravens always go best player available. And it's hard to argue with him when someone like Kyle Hamilton falls to 14. Um, but you do start to worry like, all right, well, we need an edge rusher, which they ended up drafting in the second round with Ojabu from Michigan. Um, he's out, he tore his Achilles at his pro day. So he's going to miss a decent part, a decent part of the season. That's just, you know, the recovery process. Um, so I'm excited for the Kyle Hamilton pick. I think our secondary look right now on paper, our secondary looks very fucking good um, between us signing uh, Marcus Williams, bringing back Marlon Humphrey, bringing back Marcus Peters. Um, uh, Tony Jefferson's still there. Chuck Clark's still there. So we got dogs. We got dogs in the, in the secondary. Um, it'll be more important to, you know, build that up front. We got a young linebacker in Patrick Queen, um, some good defensive linemen interior. We drafted another guy. Um, Travis Jones, I believe his name is, sorry. In the third round, who people said could have been a first-round pick. It's always tough to try, like, <laughs> it's tough reviewing drafts because the same way I said it's tough, like, to um, comment on, you know, or hypothesize on what the draft will be. You don't know until the person plays. So um, we kind of got to wait and see. And I'm not going to sit there and be like, the Ravens killed the draft and then, you know, three games into the season a few of the guys didn't make the team a few of the guys can't play at all like you know you don't know until you know right um i guess it would be better as a podcast host to actually comment on (laughs) to maybe just fucking take the leap and say no i think i think the draft went well um so i will say that i i i I like the picks that the ravens made um i'm like i say i'm more interested to see what the offensive scheme looks like and um how healthy we can be going into the season because last season before the season even started we had fucking bodies gone so uh that's those are the most important things for me but overall as an nfl offseason i mean i think it's just been kind of hectic like i said the way the markets are shifting for different positions is a little crazy to me and i'm (laughs) i'm just worried because i know eventually my team's gonna have to pay one of those positions um especially quarterback coming up so um, I hope it's you're able to keep your core together and keep your guy, right? Um, so we'll see. Um, I think that's pretty much all for NFL offseason. We can then get into the NBA playoffs. The NBA playoffs are up and running, um, and it's been interesting so far. I, don't, I think there's only so much you can get out of the first-round series and the play-ins. Um, like, with... For example, like the Timberwolves fucking celebrate, do all this shit, damn near have a parade for winning the play-in, and then they're out, you know, in the first round. Uh, I guess the big storyline out of the first round would have been the Brooklyn Nets getting swept by the Boston Celtics. But, I mean, is it that crazy for a two-seed to sweep a seven-seed? No matter who's on the team. Like, I know it's Kevin Durant, it's Kyrie Irving, but, um, like, name someone else. You know, like are we are we dependent on those Lamarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin minutes to to carry us? Um, I do think it was interesting how Kyrie and Kevin struggled during the series, and I wonder if you're the Nets, you're like, 
the way you set your team up, and you can say the same thing for the Lakers, you're a bit beholden to the stars that you have. So you have to do all you can to keep them. But in this instance, you've had a star that's missed decent portions of seasons, um, not because he was injured, but because he chose to. Um, And I won't get into the whole vaccination argument, but at the end of the day, that was a requirement for him to work for most of the season. And he decided that he didn't want to do it. So he was unavailable for most of the season. Um, And... You know, Kyrie has had injury history, too. Um, that's something, I mean, just last year when they went to seven games against the Bucks, the eventual NBA champions, Kyrie Irving missed the last few games of the series due to injury. Um, and he had injury problems in Cleveland and in Boston. So uh, now you're looking at him as a free agent. Like, well, okay, do, we, <laughs> do you re-sign him for, for an extension? Um, you have to. <laughs> and that's the, that's the problem. Because, I mean, you can't just leave Kevin Durant there by himself. He's clearly best friends with Kyrie Irving. He'll clearly want him signed. You see, as an organization, that these two superstars are you know starting to set the direction for your team. Kyrie, after they get swept, comes out and says, you know, I'm excited to build this organization alongside Joe and Sean and Kevin. And he, like, named front office people by, like, first name <laughs> like like he's really in these offices making these decisions um so if you're the nets you just kind of got to live with that and hope for the best right but right now the best has just been making it to the second round of the playoffs um i don't know how much you can improve your roster outside of kevin durant and kd your your big move to improve your roster outside of those two was to get james harden and that didn't work out he, he barely made it a full season um, before you traded, he made it, I guess, two halves of seasons and you guys traded him to Philly. Um, so I just think that that's probably the main storyline out of round one is, you know, what, what are the Nets going to do? What What's the plan there? Cause you know, it's been, I think three seasons now since the, the, the age of the duos, I guess, with the Clippers signing Paul George and Kawhi, Brooklyn signing Kevin Durant and Kyrie and, and Lakers getting, um, Anthony Davis to go with LeBron. And I will say this, I'm biased, but the Lakers are the only one that's uh, the only team that's 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 gotten that ring. So, I mean, call it bubble ring all you want. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I'm sure if the other teams had it, it, it would be a normal ring, but it's all good. I won't get I won't get too too deep into that because my Lakers are not in the playoffs, obviously. Um, with these second round matchups, so I'm interested. So I think the most most watched series of this second round will probably be um, Golden State versus Memphis. Um, so far, they're two games in. It's tied. It's 1-1. Um, John Morant went off yesterday to get the win. Um, I'll be honest. I John Morant plays like so similarly to this one um, NBA 2K created player that I had in, on like NBA 2K12. Where, like, I couldn't shoot. I chose the wrong archetype, so I couldn't really shoot like that. So I just had to drive to the basket. And all my shit, all my athleticism, all my dunk, layup, all that shit was maxed out. So I would just get to the basket, get fouled, or fucking dunk it. It's the same way kind of Giannis plays, but as a point guard. Um, and I don't... I think I'm... Like, maybe it's just been from the few the last years that we've had just watching, you know, great shooters shoot right with Steph and Dame and you know these other guys that that just fucking shoot like crazy and and pull these crazy ass shots so this like run and get to the basket shit kind of throws me off because I haven't really seen it like be successful since like I guess Russell Westbrook is a good example of it but has that really been successful you know I mean Russell Westbrook's been to a finals with Kevin Durant and James Harden fucking 10 years ago now um and Derrick Rose was another one you know where the body kind of gives out on you um so when I watch Ja it's like a weird like I don't know it like it doesn't make me uncomfortable it's very exciting to watch but it's just like how long am I are we going to get to enjoy this and I hate to watch sports like that um but and I'm also I'll be completely honest when the when the Lakers I mean the Lakers are bad now but when they were really bad and the Warriors got really good um I became a pretty big Steph Curry fan. So when I watch it, it's watch him go against Steph or Ja versus Steph. I'm kind of naturally cheering for Steph. 
And I'm not trying to hate on John Moran. I think he's a great young player. He's 22 and just dropped like 47 points on the Warriors in the playoffs. So there's not much hate I can give there. Um, I do just wonder, you know, what's the next evolution of his game? I guess it's just work on the jump shot. And what, if he gets a jump shot like consistent, which he's doing right now against the Warriors, he's fucking he, he'll average 30 easy because it's just you can't stop him from getting to the rim. And the touch around the rim is crazy. But in terms of the series, um, I think the Warriors win the series only due to the just the championship like experience, uh, the, the veteran experience. I think every like great young team needs a failure before they can like bust through that um bust through that glass ceiling and then you know eventually accomplish something um like the warriors for example before they won um went on that spree of going to the finals and winning championships they lost in the playoffs to the clippers um and i think lost to the spurs the year before that so these were during steph's like breakout years but they still went through as that core steph clay and draymond went through you know some tough playoff losses um, and obviously the 2016, but they're already a championship team during that. Um, you know, so I think every, almost every time these young cores, you know, come together, they do need to face that. Like, it's not even adversity. It's really just like taking that pain and then having that motivation to come back and, 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 and contend again. Um, so I think that's kind of the grizzly story arc. So I, I, I would say, I think the Warriors will win that series, but it's going to be really fun to watch. It's been two crazy games. I wish they were a little bit earlier in the day, to be honest, but because um, I, I can't be up this late watching basketball as, as an adult, but um, I'll get through it, I guess. Um, the other series in the West is the Suns versus the Mavs. Um, anyone that knows me knows I am fuck Chris Paul gang till, you know, till the end of it. <laughs> like It's it's just, it's always going to be me. I, I don't like him. I really don't enjoy watching him play. I don't like the dirty shit he gets away with because he's a vet point god bullshit no like that's a dirty play there's a lot of dirty plays that he does and i don't really like the suns that much because i don't like campaign either um dem booker is good but i I don't i'm not a huge suns fan so i'm cheering for the mavs um i think with luca he's so fucking good and he does pass the ball well but there's just a lot of like just dribble 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 i'm only passing four assists i'm not passing to get the offense moving with him um, and I worry a little bit about that. Um, overall, I think he's an exciting player. You know, I, I think he's like the next great, like, I mean, you can't argue with his ability. I think there's just a few like growing issues that he still needs to, it, it's more of a trust thing. Cause I remember watching Kobe when, after Shaq left and everything. And it's just like, I know personally, like if I'm, if I'm Kobe or if I'm Luca, like I know I can get. I can get 40 and we might have a chance to win. But once they get to that point where they realize, all right, if I get 30 and fucking make sure the ball's moving, make sure everybody's feeling involved, there's no chance that nobody can beat us. Um, So a part of that is like that self-realization that the star has to have. And the other part of it is just the players around him being better. Um, That first game, the Suns won and they were pretty much leading the whole time. Um, Jalen Brunson didn't play that well. Spencer did what he didn't play that well. So, you know, if they play better around Luka, because Luka still had like 40-something points, of course, I think I think the Mavs can give them a fight. But I do think the Suns will probably win it. They're just, like I said, they have that championship experience. They they have that pain because they lost last year in, to, to the Bucks. So um, definitely a fun series to watch uh, between Devin Booker and Luka. That's two good young talents that can just fucking score. Um, and I'm really hoping Chris Paul, you know, has a bad game here. He's been playing well, but we'll see. <laughs> Um, the East. So for the Eastern Conference, uh, I guess there's semifinals. Um, the Bucks are playing the Celtics. That's also another interesting series where there's just two teams like looking at each other, like I'm here to beat the fuck out of you. Uh, like that's it. <laughs> like we just gonna fight and and see who's who scores the most points during it. That first game, fucking Giannis is throwing people off and shit and fucking. Uh, Marcus Smart gets hurt, all that. And then the second game, Jalen Brown was just like, you going to put Grayson Allen, on, Grayson Allen on me? Grayson Allen on me. And y'all know Jalen Brown is a freedom fighter too. So like you can't put the white devil on him. That there's, that just enables like super, like, you know what I'm saying? That's like the Black Panther, the shit, the, um, the shit, the like herb that, that the Black Panther would eat in the movie. You put Grayson Allen on Jalen Brown, That that's what you do. 
you activate that like the spirit of the uh, whatever the fuck Forrest Whitaker said in that movie. That's what's gonna happen. So I suggest the Bucks switch that matchup up and don't switch it with Pat Connaughton because that might make it worse. Uh, get 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 a black eye. Get why doesn't Giannis is Giannis's younger brother ass like complete ass? Because I just figured like that family's athletic enough that he could at least play defense. But maybe he's just really garbage. Like, I would just send him out there and then fucking have him and Jalen Brown play against each other and see, you know. Like I said, because this series is just, let's just beat the fuck out of each other. You know those antetokounmpo elbows are ridiculous. So just get as many as many family members on the court as possible and see what happens. But um, I think the, I want to say the Bucks will take, ah, that one's a toss up for me. That one is a toss-up for me. I'm gonna go Bucks just because I think Giannis is Giannis is reaching that level where he can win a series by himself. So I think the Bucks might take that in seven. Um, the last second round matchup is the Heat versus Sixers, which I'll be very honest. I, look, I got a lot of Sixers fans um, that I'm friends with. I'm not watching that series. Like I'm, Joel Embiid's out for at least the first two games. He missed the first game and the Heat. Um, it was close for a decent portion of it, but the Heat just pulled away because they're just better. Um, I don't really, I don't, and you know what, Sixers fans, I'm not watching the series and it's not because of y'all. I just don't like watching Miami. <laughs> Miami is just, it's the same way as I was talking about with the Bucks and the Boston. They're just like, listen, we're here to beat the fuck out of y'all and, and, and we're going to try to score along the way, but y'all can't score. And we're in better shape than all y'all. PJ Tucker, he plays center for us. He's six three, but he also can fight. So what's up? That that's the Miami Heat like mindset. Like, and it really bothers me <laughs> because it's just it's literally just fucking Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker, like just dudes that are just like, no, 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 we can scrap like right now. Um, that's fine with me. And Pat Riley's in the stands. Like, yeah, we'll fight. Like he will come down and fight too. So what's really good? Like to the point where earlier in the season they were about to fight each other. Just because it's like, oh, they're always on go. And I, I can't watch basketball like that. Like, it's not the 90s anymore. I want, you know, I want people to have fun while they play. Um, I also think Kyle Lowry is like CP3 without the State Farm deal. So I don't really, I don't enjoy watching him that much either, to be honest. And like, he's thick too. I mean, pause, but like, I just feel like the shit he be doing when he like, flinches too much and like bumps into you like I feel like that shit hurt because I, I know what it's like to have like the thick legs and when you really hit somebody with one of them I don't fuck with that I don't, I don't fuck with Kyle Lowry so I'm cheering for the Sixers to win that series I don't think it's possible if Joel Embiid isn't at 100% because I guess another storyline out of that is James Harden has reached that uh garbanzo beans phase of his career you know and and that's okay um he played a lot of people don't realize he played a lot of minutes in Houston like almost all the fucking minutes and it was all just him dribble 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 drive and kick or fucking step back three like that shit weighs on you and then he fucked his hamstring up last year with the nets and those hamstring injuries don't just like i feel like if you're at a certain point a certain mileage the hamstring injury doesn't just like clear itself up so I'm I'm guessing the Heat are probably gonna win that series. I'll give them I'll give I'll give Philly two games. If Joel can come back by game three, I'll give Philly two games. I'd say the Heat probably win that in six, though. In my opinion. Um in terms of my I won't make any actually, you know, I'll make a final prediction for the finals right now. I would say it'll be Warriors Bucks. I'm not gonna say who the winner will be, but that will be my estimate. And obviously we'll talk more as a playoffs. Of course, I'll probably prove myself to be wrong in a few weeks here, so We'll talk more as the playoffs keep going, but that's that's where I'm at right now with round two. So as I said in the intro, I wanted to spend some time today getting into music um, with what's coming out and what's been out recently um, before we really get started with the actual music. I'll admit I'm confused with the Jack Harlow, like the rise of Jack Harlow, like this I've called it the Jack Harlow hex. Like, what curse has he put upon the population to believe, to make us all feel like he is? Like, And it's not even just the population. I'll be honest. How is he doing this with the women? Like, what am I missing? Like, I, is it just, is it the music? Because I don't, I don't think there's a song that's just like, 
any of the Jack Harlow songs where I'm just like, fuck, like, that's the one right there, right? Like, I, I thought What's Poppin', his first big single was great. Like, I thought it was a good song, but, like, none of the songs make me think, like, damn, that's what makes him, like, get this Justin Bieber type love. Like, when Justin Bieber came out, I was fucking a kid, you know, it made sense. It all dawned. Like, he had the haircut, the song was popping. You know, you know, that shit was flame. It was all flame. It was all flame, right? Jack Harlow, you know, it's been some flame. I wouldn't, it's, it's good, but it's not like, it's not that. Like, he don't have Ludacris on the song, it's yelling Luda over like baby lyrics. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And, and every video I watch of him talking to a woman, it doesn't matter who the woman is, they're like, fucking flabbergasted like they they they, they're lost for words and i'm just like i know like eight dudes that look like jack harlow and talk like jack harlow like just through life i've met like eight jack harlows and none of them none of them can do this is it just because he can rap like this whole thing with this fergie song that he did it's catchy but like is it actually a good song it's just fergie song it's just fergie song and he added a little look like he added some words in the breaks like what? I'm not hating. I'm hating. I, I will admit I'm hating. And it's not because I want to be Jack Harlow. It's just I'm confused. Like what? What makes Jack Harlow Jack Harlow is all, I, all I'm really looking to know, really. Um, so if anybody has those answers for me, like, please let me know. Because like, as it, is it just like, is he cute? Like, pause. But like, I, I don't get it. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Um Outside of Jack Harlow, well, back still on Jack Harlow. He drops a new album um, this coming Friday, the 6th. Um, my thoughts on his album coming is I probably won't listen to all of it. I do want to hear. So Drake, a feature with Drake got leaked um, a few weeks ago, and it sounded like Drake was really talking his shit. And y'all know me. When I get in my Drake bag, it's fucking, you know, it's dark outside. It's I'm driving. I'm not going nowhere, but I'm driving. It's, you know, the lyrics are playing. I might take a snap of my radio so people know I'm listening to Drake. And you know what I'm saying? Like the lighting in the car is weird because the radio comes off red and then the street lights are passing. It's it's a whole vibe, right? So I'm excited for this Drake verse. Um, but my thing is this. So if Drake kills off Jack Harlow on this verse, right? If he's like just clearly better than Jack Harlow, will it have like any effect on him though <laughs> like is he impervious to getting washed on a verse like is he it, does it even matter how good of a rapper he is that these are the questions i want to know because i just want to know what's separating him from i have a few songs on soundcloud like i'm you know i'm cool to talk to right like uh, i've had weird sideburns before like i, I don't I just want to know what it is. If somebody can pinpoint that for me, it will be great. But New Jack Harlow coming out Friday, <laughs> May 6th. I don't know why I'm plugging his album. The main new album that I want to talk about is we're finally, 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 finally getting a new Kendrick Lamar album on the 13th, on May 13th. Um, I can't remember what he said the name of it was. Um, it might have been like Kendrick Lamar and the Doodle Bops or some shit like that. I can't remember what the fucking name of it was. That shows how much research I do going into my podcast. But um, it's weird because I'm like, it's been a long time. I didn't realize how long it had been since we got a new Kendrick Lamar album. It's been, I was in college, fucking 2017, I guess, is when Damn came out. And I actually went on um, that he did that tour run with that album in that Black Panther album and I saw him and it was a great show. I love that album. Um, but I'm like, this new album from him, if for me, it feels like when you get invited to a party by somebody you're like acquaintances with. So you're like, you don't want to ask them like, hey, so what's the vibe of this party? Because you don't know them as well. But you're really interested to see because you don't know if you're going to like really enjoy the situation. Um, like with Kendrick, like, all right, this album could be another damn, right? Where it's bangers. It could be another good kid, Mad City, where there's a story. It's great. It's fucking a musical masterpiece. It could be to Pimp a Butterfly, where it's like, fuck, I don't like, I didn't even know we were, you know, protesting right now, but I'm with it. Let's get into it. Um, I, I just don't know what to, <laughs> I don't know what to expect, right? Like, um, fucking to Pimp a Butterfly had like, outros like interview outros where he was just talking to Tupac at like 
the whole album and, and like I, I just don't like am I ready for that personally right now like the summer's about to start you can't put that on at the crib and then forget to change it before the interview starts um like damn like it was some good bangers on there but do I think that's the best music Kendrick can make I don't think so like so I'm fingers crossed for a new type of good kid Mad City and maybe that's just you know that's probably unrealistic because that album is so fucking good. I would take another section 80, like where it's kind of like to uh, good kid, Mad city light, you know, and it's not much of a story as it's not much, um, a story as much as it is just good songs, um, which I would fucking accept, but I'm excited either way. I've been kind of like removed from rap for some reason like it's not even removed from rap i've been removed from music like i've just been listening to podcasts and shit when i'm chilling and the only time i listen to rap or or listen to music is when i'm working out and it's just the same fucking workout songs i've always had um so like i still need to listen to the new push a t album um it was a couple other albums i missed that i haven't had a chance to go listen to yet um, so I'm hoping this Kendrick album, usually what it takes for me to really get back into music is an album where it's just like, fuck, like I can't turn this off. So I'm hoping that's what Kendrick's album is for me. Um, and it's just good to fucking have him back dropping music. Like, it's kind of crazy we've waited this long for a new album. Um, like, I think there's only so many artists that can really get away with that shit, right? Like, Frank Ocean does this shit because it, it's pretty clear Frank Ocean doesn't really like making music, right? Like, <laughs> he he only wants to he he can only make so much music, and obviously all of it's gonna be amazing. But it's like he doesn't love doing it, so he doesn't do it that often. But it seems the same way with Kendrick. Like five years in between albums, um, that's like for some artists that's career suicide to to leave for five years. But with Kendrick, it's just like all speculation. Like we've been fucking. I thought the album was coming last year, and here we are. So. I'm excited. I'm interested to see see what it turns out to be um, in terms of um, what I'm listening to right now. Like I said, nothing. <laughs> Just a podcast. Um, and I'm not going to recommend another podcast on here because you should be listening to this one. Um, but between between the one song on Jack Harlow's album and the new Kendrick album, uh, I'll be listening to that in the coming weeks. So there you go. So recently, the news came out um, and Netflix is losing a ton of subscribers, which I think ties in well to the segment that I always want to talk about, like what I'm watching. Um, not nothing on Netflix. <laughs> uh, honestly, I, I did watch The Ultimatum on Netflix, which was like a one of those like weird reality TV shows that they do. Um, it was pretty interesting. So the whole like situation is these couples come in one of the members of the couple has given the other member an ultimatum on marriage um and then they date people from other couples that also have the same ultimatum for a few weeks and like some of the couples or some of the people from certain couples were like getting too close to the people they were supposed to be dating just for a little bit and it was just a mess um but that's you know that's the content i'm getting from netflix right now um in terms of their struggles i think when I think about it, it all ties into the fact that when Netflix started, I don't think they ever envisioned themselves like becoming a creator necessarily. You know what I'm saying? Like Netflix started by just being able to use and stream other people's creations. Like you went there to watch all your shows and binge watch binge watch all your favorite all your favorite shows. So then when these other studios and these other companies got into the streaming business and HBO is like, we want our shit. Peacock's like, hey, I'm, I'm taking this shit. You know what I'm saying? All, we want all the stuff that we have rights to. Netflix has to get bigger into their bag of being able to create television that will make people want to stay. And they've been successful with some shows. Um, like Ozark is big. Um, shit, what was the show on Netflix? That I there's, there's been great shows that Netflix has made. Like, obviously, Narcos had a run that was really good. Um, and they still have good content on there from, you know, shows that they didn't make. Like, Breaking Bad on there is very good. Better Call Saul is one that has done well. Um, so, it's, like, you, you're doing okay in terms of you're able to create some shows, but you don't have, like, the family favorites that say a Disney may have or the like drama hits that HBO has. 
um, and you keep bringing your price up and you're bringing your price up because you got to invest so much in your um, studios to create this content that will keep people on your platform. Um, and, and you can't you don't have the creators that HBO has. You don't have I keep saying HBO, but it's the truth. You don't have the creators that Disney has because you, you can't get the fucking whole Marvel, um, you know, the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe is just going to be able to carry Disney for forever. And if someone gets bored with that, oh, let me watch Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just this 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 gap in between what a Netflix and a um, Disney or an HBO can do just because of the level of content they produce. Um, so in terms of where Netflix goes from here, I don't know if it becomes like... The way Netflix got Blockbuster up out of here, like do these other streaming services um, get Netflix out of here? I don't know if it'll be that drastic, but I do I do think they're going to continue. Well, they projected that they're going to continue to see the numbers dropping, mainly because it's like, all right, what am I paying for? Like, I don't I don't trust you guys enough. Like I said, they've made some good shows. Netflix has produced and created some good television, but I don't trust you guys enough to do that as well as HBO and like I said Disney can do so I'm not going to pay you more than what I'm paying them so I'm going to cancel my subscription because you keep raising this price to this fucking crazy ass number um so I don't know I'm I'm a little it's weird like because it's making me feel old because I remember the blockbuster days and that and then I remember Netflix taking that over and now I'm seeing you know Netflix kind of get get the boot so um, I think it's interesting. This is this is as far as my financial and my business talk goes. But, um, you know, I've, I've been adamant on this podcast that I'm team HBO Max. The app is still have some weird struggles. But in terms of the content, it's just no like, what are you what are we doing? Like, you're not like I said, you're just not gonna be able to fuck with them. Like, for example, I just watched um, Winning Time on HBO, um, the doc or not documentary. It's a I guess you can call it a fictional retelling of the Lakers dynasty in the 80s with Magic Johnson, Kareem, Pat Riley, um, Jerry Buss, the owner, and a um, few other characters. And a lot of the Lakers, for example, Magic Johnson and Jerry West have come out and they hate it. <laughs> they hate it because it's Adam McKay who directed it. He also directed Vice um, with um, Christian Bale, for those of you that have seen it. it. It's a lot. It can be kind of raunchy. And it's a lot. It's an HBO drama. So obviously there's a lot of shit to it. But Jerry West has decided to come out and sue for, I guess, for defamation. But it's fictional. So it's like, I don't know what legal leg he has to stand on there. But in terms of my enjoyment of the show, I've really loved it. I sped through it. I didn't realize there was only like eight or yeah, I think eight episodes of the first season. Um, killed it off quick. I, I do think it's it makes you look at Magic Johnson. Like I said, it's fictional. I'm sure there's some dramatization in it, but it makes you look at Magic Johnson a little crazy because um, the woman that he ends up uh, marrying, Cookie, his long-term wife now, they were together for since before he even became a Laker. Um, they were kind of on and off, and it's mainly just because he kept <laughs> consistently cheating on her with different women, um, which is shitty. I mean, I, I can't judge anyone, I guess, that lives... You know, everyone lives their own lives and makes their own decisions. And obviously he was facing a lot with the fame that he was, the level of fame he was rising to. But also, you know, outside of just the raunchiness of it, just seeing the business side of how everything worked out is crazy. Like with Magic, they talk about how he decided to sign with Converse instead of Nike when Nike was offering him stock and sales and and a percentage of the shoe sales going forward. So he would have made like a billion dollars or something or two billion or something like that if he would have signed that deal back then but obviously hindsight being 2020 and also how jerry bus was able to buy the lakers um through fucking weird ways of financing because originally he was in you know real estate and had to sell off some properties and essentially include his properties in the in the purchase of the team um so it's good i thought it was a really good show i'm excited for season two um I'm wondering if, like, I wonder if the approach for the next season is to kind of back off of the, you know, the raunchiness and the, you know, the bad storyline, not the bad storylines, but the storylines that may not paint some of the characters in the best light, or if they'll just fucking go even harder because they know, they know they're getting an audience and a reaction out of it. So that'll be interesting to see. 
Um, I've restarted Game of Thrones because there's a new spinoff series coming, um, House of Dragons or some shit like that. I don't know. It's about the Targaryen family, for those of you that know Game of Thrones. Um, and it, it, you know, I've enjoyed the rewatch, but it's also already starting to make me angry and sad because I know how it ends and I know how bad the last like season and a half is. So I'm kind of putting myself through pain that I don't need to put myself through. But, um... It's, I mean, it's one of the best shows of all time until the end. Um, and I know there's probably people listening and people that I've talked to are like, how the fuck are you rewatching Game of Thrones and you haven't even finished? I haven't finished The Sopranos yet and I have not even started The Wire. And I think now The Wire has a spinoff too on HBO. So you see, you see, you know, like I, I'm, this is just me spitballing and I'm just already hitting you with like what HBO is on. And then when I was talking about Netflix, I was talking about the fucking ultimatum a shitty reality TV show that I only watch because it's like garbage. You know, so that's just, that's that's the dichotomy there that Netflix has to try to figure out. And I don't know where it leads them to, but we'll see. But like I said, I'd recommend Winning Time on HBO. Um, I still need to watch Atlanta. Fuck, I haven't even watched Atlanta. There's a new season of Atlanta out and I haven't watched any of it um, on Hulu or FX or whatever they stream it through. Um, so that's kind of what I'm, what I've been into recently. Um, trying to think if there's anything else. No, I think that's pretty much it. You know, on the last season of keeping the low key, I would make this running joke of, you know, what I've been reading and whatnot. I'm just not even going to do that with y'all this season. Cause I'm not, I'm, I really don't plan on reading anything. I'll be just being honest with y'all. I, I figure the best thing we can be here is transparent and I, I'm not going to be out here reading. Oh, shit. I almost forgot. So I'm going to see Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness this Friday. Me and my girl are going to go see it. Um, I do respond to this feedback on this once you guys listen to this. Let me know how y'all feel. What's the perfect time to go to the movies? That's the question I have for y'all. Um, but because we're going at 9.30 p.m. on a Friday. And I went and saw Batman around that same time with a few friends. And it was, I mean, for those of you that have seen Batman... That shit, <laughs> that shit was a tough movie to watch at nine thirty p.m. One of my homeboys fell asleep. We won't name him, but um, so uh, I'm gonna go see Doctor Strange this week, and I'm excited for it. I'm a little worried that maybe Marvel is going too deep in on like, like lore, if that makes sense. Like you have to know almost so much now going into a Marvel movie, and that's fine with me because I know it, but. I worry, for example, people like my girlfriend who maybe haven't seen all the movies and they just want to go see it because it's the new big movie out. But then you get there and you're confused. Right. And the main reason I worry about it is because I hate having to explain it. And I know people come to me with the questions. Um, So I'm excited for it. It seems like it's going to be a crazy fucking movie. I think some of it might have leaked. I'm not I'm I'm avoiding all the spoilers. Um, I just I just want to take it for what it is. So that would be a good watch. And and, uh, I'll let you guys know how I feel about it. So that pretty much wraps it up for this episode of Keeping It Low Key. Um, Thank you all again for tuning in. If you're listening to this, um, please take some time, like, follow, share. Um, You can leave a rating on Spotify now. I'm still trying to figure out why mine won't upload to Apple um, Podcasts. Hopefully I'll have that figured out in the coming weeks or so. Um, But outside of that, if you're listening to this again, thank you. And if you can't hear this, well, fuck you.